And we are live. Hello and welcome to episode number 15 of WP Cafe, the show where we chat with WordPress professionals about practical solutions for solo and small WordPress development teams. I'm Keith Devon and I'm here with my co-host Mark Wilkinson. On today's show, we'll be discussing WordPress 5.8 and full site editing. So WordPress 5.8 is coming very soon and it brings some significant changes. The biggest change is the introduction of full site editing, which is part of phase two of the Gutenberg project. So what does full site editing mean for us as WordPress developers and what else is coming in 5.8 that we should know about? To discuss those questions, we're joined by Frank Klein, principal engineer at HumanMade and author of WP Development Courses. Welcome to the show, Frank. Hello, thank you for having me. Just before we get started, if you don't want to miss out on a single episode of WP Cafe and more WordPress development content, subscribe right now to the High Rise Digital YouTube channel. We're actually closing in on reaching a thousand subscribers, which would be awesome to get there. I think we need 15 more, so hit that subscribe button if you haven't already done so. Um, you can find also WP Cafe as a podcast. We're on Apple and Spotify on your usual platforms, uh, and you'll find this episode shortly after we've finished today. And if you want to keep up to date with any news about upcoming shows and snippets from this and past shows, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at WB Cafe Show. This episode is sponsored by Job Relay. If you're a WordPress developer and you've ever been asked to integrate a multi-job posting service such as Broadbean or Logic Melon or Adaboo, then Job Relay is the perfect solution for you. It's the easiest, fastest and most efficient way to achieve an integration. And if you want to learn more about that, then go to jobrelay.io. All right, let's get started. So the big question, what is full site editing? Frank, how would you describe it to someone who's never heard of it before? Uh, I would describe it as uh, full site editing is a term that covers multiple features that when you combine them together will allow users to customize the appearance and also to a large degree the functionality of the website through what you see is what you get visual interface. So it's not a precise feature, it's just an umbrella term that covers a bunch of new user interfaces and developer tools. And so what brings these different things together are blocks. So blocks are gonna be the common language that is spoken by WordPress core, by the themes and also the plugins that extend core. And that's kind of the big change that is coming to WordPress is that it's really going to be all about blocks in the future. Cool. All right. So you mentioned it come, it's like an umbrella term for multiple features and templates and kind of new UIs and things like that. What are some of those, uh, those things that, that make up full site editing? So we actually already have one of the pieces uh, right now, and that is what is called the block editor. Uh, first it was called Gutenberg when it was merged, but I refer to it now as the content editor. So the post editor that you are using to write your content is not fundamentally different to the other editors that are coming. So we have that now, that's phase one. Phase two is going to be 5.8 where we get the template editor. So what it allows you to do is you can customize the template on a per post or per page basis. And then 5.9 in December, we're gonna get the complete site editor where you then can edit every template that you have on your website. So when we talk about um, editing a template, 
what exactly does does that mean like what what are we able to edit well this is a kind of the point where 5.8 is a bit of an awkward stage in a sense that if you have what is called a block based theme it's a theme that is made up entirely out of blocks and use the site editor when you enter template editing mode you are editing your website it's really it's like what you see is what you get editor hmm. in 5.8 unfortunately we still have themes that have PHP templates and a template editor doesn't understand uh, PHP templates. So when you edit a template of a post, you're just viewing a default template. Like it will look nothing like your front end of the website. So you still can use it for building out a new template, but unfortunately at this point, you cannot replicate whatever is on the front end of your website. Also because uh, when we come to the blocks, there are new blocks added in 5.8 but you cannot have a navigation in your block template right now. There's no post offer block. Like there are a bunch of things still missing. So it's not yet right. there completely. Okay. But you can edit, for example, so a template is what made up of typically a header and a content area and a footer. Would that be kind of accurate? Uh, unfortunately, this point depends on what you say a header. So usually a header has a navigation. If you don't have navigation, uh, that's, that's kind of true. a miss. Um, the thing that where it's very useful is that what we see, um, so people have a website, you have a blog, you have whatever, and then you have these, I think we call the squeeze page, uh, like a sales page. Yeah. Everything where you don't need a navigation, where you just want to have your logo and then you know, a very rich page template, that's really what it's meant for at this point. Uh, okay. And then is the editing of those other parts of the template coming down the line? Like, is that is that... The intention is that the navigation block does come in and we can just edit the whole site, not just like squeeze pages. Yeah, so that will come in 5.9, but the the thing is still the technical limitation of the block editor not understanding PHP templates will still be present. So unless you have a block-based theme, the site is still going to be like empty or have a default template when you, when you open any page. Okay, so... When 5.8 comes along uh, and we download that or we upgrade to it, what is going to change for developers and users straight away that we could, like, is anything going to change in the WordPress uh, admin area? Um, is that, are we going to have to do anything different as theme developers? Maybe take the, take the first of those. Um, are, are there going to be any new menu items or anything in the, in the dashboard? Um, do we have to enable or disable things? What, what's going to happen kind of on that first upgrade? So the only thing that is uh, where you have to opt out are block-based widgets. So what this does, it replaces all of the widget areas on your site with a block area, which means okay. that you can add any block registered on the website into these widget areas. So this is unfortunately a point where I disagree with the WordPress core team because I don't think it's a good idea to enable this by default because widgets when you look at it, it's just a form for data entry you have an output which is very much uh, theme controlled and then you have very opinionated css and you mix that with kind of all of the blocks that you have in core plus people use you know these block libraries uh, when mm -hmm. you place stuff in there it's just not going to be a very good end result unfortunately so that's like the first thing is turn it off the other part is i don't know how much how much people still use widgets, to be honest. Um, I've never used them on any client project so far. I don't use them on my personal website. So 
So to me, it's, it's a very good idea if you have um, a new project and you want to have more flexibility in the template. I think that's great because you, end, you can add widget areas and you will be able to have this block built areas, but just sticking it into existing themes, it's going gonna, gonna to be a little bit of breakage, I think. So turn that off. That's like the first, the first thing. Uh, the other part is the template editor. You have to either opt into it through a uh, theme support call, or you have to add a theme.json file to your theme, and then it will be automatically enabled. So okay. this is very much opt in. So you have the time to uh, prepare your theme if you want to use it and uh, give the best experience. Okay. So with that's the, with the block-based widgets, then if mm -hmm you don't turn it off which is likely for many people i guess that they're not going to be able to do that if it's a add theme support uh, or remove theme support i don't know how i don't know how it's done uh will existing widget areas just render as normal or are they going to break they will render as normal so it's not a backwards compatibility issue in the sense that if you don't touch it um you know everything will still work i think the feature is great in that sense they really you know did their best to to kind of make sure that nothing breaks. The other part is though that when I as a user go into my website and I see, oh, I can add all of this new stuff to this thing here, I'm just gonna do it. And then it's, there's kind of the, the point where it falls apart because uh, the blog editor is all about what you see is what you get. Like what I see in the editor is very much what I'm gonna get. And with widgets, that's just not the case. So that's kind of where it Absolutely. falls apart. So if people are not very adventurous, I think nothing bad will happen, but maybe clients will ask you, hey, I did this thing and now it looks bad. Like, why is that? And if I, yeah. presumably I won't be able to edit the current widgets because they're not blocks. Oh, you can. Um, the thing is, what's pretty clever is that um, when you have a widget which is called provided, it will automatically be switched to whatever you know the block equivalent is. If you have a custom widget, which is PHP-based, they do add a block wrapper around it. So the block wrapper is just, um, it's a block that iframes the widget in, technically speaking. So it's still gonna mostly work. Um, the part where it falls a bit apart is if you have widgets that rely on the context of the widgets page, uh, which some old widgets do here, there might be some breakage, but I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be rare, to be honest. Okay, interesting, interesting. Might uh, something to watch out for. for certainly, I don't, we don't really use widgets, do we? We've got the odd site, I think, that we've got them on, but we haven't used widgets in a long time. Yeah, no, yeah, it really. does. It does feel like that's kind of a thing of the past now with blocks. I just feel like we could we could have used this opportunity to maybe move on from from widgets, and you know, with blocks there, it doesn't really feel like they're that that useful anymore. But there you go, it's backward compatibility, I guess. So, um, mm. I, I've got kind of like a general question as to what's the kind of point in all of this who's who's this for like what why why full site editing who, who needs to be able to edit the, all of the different templates on their site and edit headers and footers and things like that like do you have any idea of like what the kind of driving force was behind this frank and and what the kind of target market i guess is well it's a it's quite a vast question because wordpress now with the usage that it has there are so many profiles in the community of people that have all kinds of different needs. But I think that uh, where the project started is just that WordPress was falling behind many of the SaaS applications that are out there that allow you to build a website. So the usual suspect, I don't want to name any names, but they all have some kind of 
visual template building capability. And clearly, if you look at you know commercial page builders in the WordPress space, there are a bunch of them, and there are also you know one or two very big names, which clearly show that there is a desire from users to customize their website. The problem, though, is well, two problems. First of all, when we have other like platforms that offer this and WordPress doesn't, we're gonna lose these users to these paid SaaS services. And the other part is that when you have uh, page builders, they are not compatible between each other, which means that at a certain point, your page builder might disappear or, or you know there's a new version coming out and you can't really straight upgrade. So there's a lot of loss of, I guess, time just to rebuild that stuff because yeah. um, we had a client come to uh, come to you and they had these websites built with page builders and they said, oh, we want to do this and that. And we said, well, it's not going to be migration. It's going to be just, you know, straight rebuild because we cannot use this stuff from this page builder. So in that sense, it solves a lot of these problems that we are seeing. If we just have a common basis, like I said previously, everything is going to be blocks. At least there's something to align on. Mm-hmm. When we talk about who needs to edit their, their websites, it's, it's weird because you have to very, I guess, lower end of the market and the high end of the market and they both have similar needs because the low end would be people that have their website and they take an off-the-shelf theme and they need to customize it. So of course they want to edit their templates and make this site really theirs. And on the high end you have all of these big companies with their marketing teams and they don't want to raid around for some developer to you know make a button red instead of blue. So I think there's a, a wide need for this in the market but how exactly this will look in terms of solutions, that still needs to be uh, figured out. I think the when we talk about footset editing, even in 5.9, it will be behind what you get from something like a like Elementor, for example, because they're just way yeah. ahead in terms of you know the time they have been around. But overall, though, it will be very close to that in the end. I think. Is I mean, do we do you think that that's a a goal that WordPress should be aiming for to be more like Elementor, for example, is that, I mean, it, it worries me a little bit. Um, you know, there's the famous kind of uh, decisions, not options mantra. And uh, I feel like WordPress is really moving, really moving away from that. And with, with some of these changes, it just feels like one of the things that made WordPress great, I think, was the theme, uh, were themes, the fact that you could get a professionally designed website for like not very much money and you just put your content in and it looks great and it feels like we're moving to this place where you're effectively giving someone a modern version of Dreamweaver where they can build and design whatever they want um what what are your what are your thoughts on that i mean is that is that the right direction to go in um if it is is there anything that we can do to kind of mitigate some of the the worries around just leaving things too open I think that uh, you know we are developers, and sometimes we think like developers. It's important not to think like that. Uh, as I said, the need is clearly there from the user base. Um, the thing is, that when people say, uh, "I've read, you know, where themes go away," in my view, definitely not, because I don't know of anybody that actually went in and built a site from the ground up using Elementor. I mean, if there are people, then you know, they are template designers. They are not really users. So even with Element, you still use a the theme and you just customize it a little bit. Because I think you, you went through the course, like you built a template up from the ground. It was a super simple one. I mean, it's a lot of work. I don't think many people are going to do it. And when we talk about the theme, 
Unfortunately, currently we are in a situation where themes compete on features, right? I can do this, I can do that, I integrate with all these things, whereas they should really compete on design. And I don't think themes are going to go away. I think they will stay around because making something look great and be elegant and well-designed, that's a skill in and of itself that very few people have. And I certainly don't have it. So uh, if I'm going to build a website, even with full set editing, I'm still going to choose an off-the-shelf theme. The thing is with decisions, not options. Um, the thing is, it's an option which is there, and you might use it if you're inclined to, but you don't have to. I think that if you if you choose WordPress, you choose a theme, and you like to decide how it is, great. Uh, if you really want to go far and customize it, then that's also great. But I think in the end, if you as a user want to build a site that is super ugly and you like it, then that's great. You know, you are happy yeah. and that's in the end why we're here, I guess. Yeah, that, that, that makes some sense. So in terms of like you said themes, you don't think themes are necessarily going to go away. Um, what what will a theme be uh, in, in the future? Like, is it what's it going to consist of? because I think it's going to look quite different to how they look today. Well, they are going to be uh, HTML templates. That's first of all the thing that's a big technical change. So a lot of the things which we see with themes where you have these, these things that are technically theme, but they are really, you know, an entire site packaged into a theme, uh, those will go away because we will have a much clearer separation between, you know, the theme and the plugins, which is how it should be. Mm. The other part is when there was this idea that themes are just going to be made with the configurator. I don't believe in that for an instance, because sure, you can have something like Bootstrap as a theme, right? Take Bootstrap and then you have the most basic layout and you say, well, this is the, the basic theme. Nobody's going to want that, right? People want very specific things. And so a theme is still going to be what it is today. It's going to be templates that are hopefully very beautiful and that give you great options to customize them further in terms of uh, fonts that fit with the design, colors that fit with the design, block patterns that fit with whatever the kind of uh, topic of the theme is. And then you go in and you do some light touch-ups and then you have your site. But I don't think for a moment that somebody's really going to go in and you know change all of the header and all of the footer and make it two columns instead of one column, right? All of these decisions are taken by, by the design and you as a user will still respect them, I guess. Yeah. So does does full site editing give a theme designer the ability to restrict those things? Because obviously with, with the block editor, I, I can make a three-column layout and a two-column. I can add blocks to wherever I want to, you know, and I can almost set options and set font sizes and things. Does, does the designer of this beautiful theme is able to say to me, well, actually, Mark, you can only choose from these three fonts because I know they work well together and I'm only going to let you set these different heading sizes and so forth. Is that available to a theme developer or is it just an open shop and that once they've designed their theme, the user can then go and just change anything they want to? Right, yeah, there are two different things here. So one is uh, the presets of the editor. So the presets would be um, the font family selector, the font sizes, the color palettes. Those you can customize, and you can also turn features off like um, the custom font size selector. 
So okay. font sizes, you have to drop down with the predefined ones and you have the custom one with just enter, you know, pixel value. Mm -hmm. You can uh, turn that off. And uh, full set editing is actually going to expand on many of these uh, customization capabilities in the sense that uh, you could turn off what would be a good example. You can turn off custom colors for every block, yep. like the color picker, but you could enable it for the paragraph block. So in that sense, it's getting a lot more fine-grained and it's a lot more elegant if you do it through the configuration file than it is with PHP because PHP APIs are somewhat awkward. The part which is not yet figured out at all is well, who gets access to the site editor and what, what can you do in the site editor mm. in terms of the templates that's like open right now because as a 5.8, if I am an editor, uh, no, what's the lowest, an author, yeah, if I'm an author, I can go in and customize the template of the post that I create. Wow. So in that sense, it, it's not locked down, which I can see both mm -hmm. sides of, you know, whether you should be able to do that or not. But that's still a point where there's a big discussion going on in the Gutenberg GitHub of how you can be, um, like what ways you will have to lock this down. Because I think this is much more client services problem where you want to give certain people certain access rights for them to say, uh, well, the marketing people just can do these changes, but you know the IT department can do these changes. Uh, that's still up in the air completely. Yeah, I think that's my worry is that you usually when you let someone do something on a site, in, in my experience, when they're not a designer, they, they don't make it better, they make it worse. And I can use me for this example, I'm not a designer. If I start trying to change the colors of something and change the fonts and things, it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Um, so I'd wonder, I'd want it'd be good if there was, you know, solutions in place that allows developers like us or theme designers to, to be able to say, well, no, I only want these selections available for this block and or, or, or site-wide. I think that would be really good. Especially, especially for what we do, because you know we we build custom websites for people we're not building things that are going to go onto theme forest and be and be mm. used by thousands of people you know we're, we're building one-off bespoke wordpress websites um so to have that kind of control i think is is pretty important for us the thing i really want frank is to be able to turn off the border radius uh, option on the button block uh is that going to be possible <laughs> i don't actually know but i can look it up <laughs> yeah but the thing is with um, with these features, um, it's very much still like until 5.9, it's going to be in December. So all of these things are still way up in the air because I think, for example, color palettes right now, that's a topic of discussion uh, where now you replace the default ones and should there be different color palettes, should there be different palettes per block, like all of, this, uh, all of these things are yeah. still up in the air. But potentially there's going to be a lot more control to maybe not lock down what users can do completely, but offer them choices that fit with the overall aesthetic, right? So yeah. let's say I have a side and it's black and white, then I'm gonna have maybe gray and red in a color palette and that's it. You know, that's not gonna be uh, like beige or any pastel colors. So in that sense, if you offer users selections which you can choose and it's still gonna look great, they're gonna be a lot more happy than if you just have them, you know, use the color picker and you know, select the colors this way. Absolutely. So I think we've um, we've kind of talked around it a bit, but let's talk directly about theme.json um, and what that is, what it does, and, and what it means for, for theme developers. Can you give us a little intro into theme.json? 
Right, so it's technically it's just a JSON configuration file. So JSON stands for JavaScript Object Notation Format. And it's just a way how configuration files are built, like YAML. So if you're not used to it in the beginning, it's a little bit weird uh, because the syntax is quite strict, but you're going to get like the hang of it after a bit. So that's the technical part. The other part is that what it is, it is a configuration file for the theme, where it's just the kind of the thing you need to understand is that before you had an outcome in mind and you did all of these nitty gritty things to get it to look the way you want it to. So I have this editor style, I have this front end style, I do this configuration, this theme flag, and here you're very much more expressing the intent in the configuration file and then WordPress takes care of the rest. So when we talk about alignment styles, for example, in a block-based theme, that's just a configuration option. You have to write no CSS and you get like the, the restricted width, the wide width, the full width, all of that is done for you. You have to write no CSS for that. So that is the big change just in terms of the mindset. You're just expressing what you want instead of writing the code to get what you want. And it's broken up, the thing you're chasing is two main sections. So it's one is the settings which controls the presets of the block editor. So what tools are available, uh, what are the colors, for example, the font sizes, everything like that will be in the settings section. And then there's the style section where you add styles for you know, topography, color, border is in there, margin is in there. So it's a little bit like CSS, but the difference is that you're going from uh, the most generic to the most precise in the sense that there are three levels. So the base level is everything on the page. Then you have elements, which is headings and links. And then you can target individual blocks. And it's like CSS in the sense that the more precise the instruction is, it will override everything else. And this is much better because uh, so far in the past, when you, for example, wanted to write an editor style sheet, you looked into the classes of the blocks and then you pick one which you, which you liked, and then you wrote your CSS. And then you know, a WordPress update came, and maybe this class disappeared, or the HTML structure of the block changed, and now your editor style sheet is broken. So all of that, you no longer need to be concerned with that. You just add your styles in this configuration file, and then WordPress will ensure that it looks great, uh, whatever the version is. That's cool. It's actually, I'm pretty, pretty excited about this. One of the things that I think it's going to be really powerful for is um, plugins, like any kind of third-party add-on. So like if you're if you're adding blocks from like a third-party or uh, you've installed some plugin or something, they're all going to have access to the same kind of global styles. So you're not going to have like crazy, like out of, out of place styles for this block and that block. They should, if they're, if they're authored well, uh, all kind of look well themed even though you know that particular block never knew about the theme that it was being installed into um so hopefully hopefully it's going to add some like real consistency to to the experience which was something i was kind of worried about when when gutenberg came along um and and also it just it, it gives i think if, correct me if i'm wrong frank but i think it creates a whole load of custom uh, properties like css custom properties um, so you can, I think when you're adding styles, you, you can effectively, it's going to output all these CSS properties that you can, you can use in your theme style sheet. So there's, it's just some really, really powerful stuff that theme authors are going to be able to do. And like you say, keeping the, the editor and the, the front end kind of synced up nicely, which can be a huge, huge pain currently 
um, should hopefully get a lot easier. So um, I think theme, the kind of theme JSON file is is super exciting. Um, so is that all available to us in 5.8? Is that we can just drop in a theme JSON file and that's that functionality kind of gets switched on? Is that how it's going to work? Uh, well, most of it is there, uh, but there are a few places where I guess the old way and the new way of building themes kind of collide. Okay. Uh, alignment styles is a good uh, example for that. Uh, if you have a block-based theme, all the blocks are 100% by default. And if you add alignment styles, they are added on the parent block and the children get whatever alignment you have defined. So, which is great and it still works in 5.8. The problem though is that there is no parent block for, for example, the post content. So the post content, everything which is at the root level, you still need to use either CSS that you add to your uh, to your own style sheet, or what I did, which is a hack, you just wrap the post content in a group block <laughs> through the content filter, and yeah. it and it will work. So these are kind of the things where it falls a little bit apart. Um, obviously, when you have a theme like 2020, which has a custom color selector uh, in the customizer, that does not really gel well with what is in yeah. 5.8. So in 5.9, all of these, you know, you will no longer have to build a custom color selector because it's built into WordPress itself. So there are kind of these uh, these areas where the, the two conflict a bit. So there's still a lot of actual manual work needed to check that, that this all works. But what is important to understand, I think, is that theme.json is clearly uh, better than what you have now. But if your website works and you're happy with it, like, don't touch it. <laughs> so that's okay. the recommendation. But what I'm looking at is, if this were a new build, definitely I would use it. And what I'm using it for on my uh, my own website, uh, WP Development Courses, is that I have I have a commercial theme, which I child theme, and then I have yet another theme for the student area. And it's just a mess, to be honest, because I'm not really good at CSS, I have to admit. So this is where I'm going to implement a theme.json file for create like, base styles, and then I can align and consolidate all of this. And without having to write much CSS, and I can actually get rid of a lot of the duplication between the front-end CSS and the back-end CSS. So here it's very good for that kind of consolidation work. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I'm, ex I'm excited to, to dig into that stuff. Maybe maybe on our next project, Mark, or one in the near future. Can um, can you use theme.json if you're not using full-site editing? Yes. So, so it's kind of independent from full-site editing. It is independent, uh, but you need obviously to use the block editor. So that's yes. because you're starting blocks. But it's independent. The thing is though that if you use it and you don't want to use the template editor for posts and pages in 5.8, you need to turn that off again. Okay. Okay. Frank, is the is the dimensions panel coming in 5.8, or is that is that further further into the future? Do you know? The dimensions panel is still in the future. They are doing um, a rework of it. So okay. The alignment is there, but dimensions is, is not there. But you can still set, I'm pretty sure you can set margins and paddings in the theme.json, even in, in 5.8. Okay. It's, okay, that's cool. Right, that's something to look into as well. Um, what is the dimensions great. panel, Keith? Sorry. Okay, good question. Well, I, I hadn't heard about this until Frank and I had, we started a, an email conversation about about spacing issues because ah, right. uh, i was saying i was i was struggling with spacing and uh frank said some of these problems are going to go away when the maybe not go away but uh 
some of them will be solved when the dimensions panel comes along. And I think you shared a screenshot, Frank, of what that was going to potentially look like. And it basically looked like most blocks would have options for padding and margins, effectively. Um, and that you have kind of full control. I, I, that's, that's what I thought. <laughs> 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 I wasn't sure I really like the like the thought of it, but um, I don't want to judge it until it's uh, until it's there and kind of un- and ready. But yeah, I, I definitely have concerns over that. But um, we just had a question from Confused Charlie. He says, "Where can I find an example of this JSON file coming?" Is there a, um, is there a... yeah? So there's documentation on it, but I would look at uh, TT1, which is the block-based version of 2021 which is on the WordPress GitHub under Theme Experiments. So Theme Experiments yep. is a repository uh, where there are a bunch of example themes, and TT1 is the most complete. So I cool. think so what I would recommend, sorry. yeah, sorry, um, which is recommend, like, look at, don't look at it just the file. <laughs> It'd be all confused. Like, actually install the theme and then look at yep. the front end and compare it to the file, and it would make a lot, a lot of sense. Yeah, and that's at github.com slash WordPress, and it'll be, the theme experiments repository is in there somewhere, isn't it? You'll be able to find it in there. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Hope that answers your question, Charlie. That's cool. All right. Um, What's next, Frank? Keith? I was just gonna. I was gonna go to Frank's question that that kind of he put in the show notes, um, yep. which I thought was really really interesting. Um, so, Frank, one of the things you wanted to, to discuss was the economic impact of full site editing on single developers and small agencies. So. What were you What were you thinking about there? Like, what What is the economic impact going to be? Um, do you think? Well, I was very interested in hearing your thoughts because I see lots of potential uh, for this. Because uh, if you are kind of somebody who specializes in how can I say that like very customized builds, now you have the opportunity with uh, the blog editor to really give editing experience with a very customized for uh, the client that you have. So at human made, that's kind of what we do, but okay, of course we work on quite large projects, but mm. uh, the ability, for example, to have something like pre-published checks, you can add custom sidebars, you can add all of these things, which go beyond just the blocks because everybody's focused on what can do with the blocks. Yeah, blocks are great, but you can customize the editor, like the sidebar, everything like that. And full set editing fits very well into that because we can uh, design solutions that so far we always reached for workarounds. Because as I said, people have definitely the need to have these ad hoc templates and pages on their website. And so you combine that with all of the new APIs that you're getting. I mean, the potential to build very bespoke websites is really great, but I don't know know, how is that on the low end. For me, I see the risk I see that if your reason for existence is the barrier of entry to theme development, yeah, that's going to be bad news for you, unfortunately, you know, because it's going to be a lot more uh, open to users. But um, kind of what I'm trying to understand is people that are afraid of this, that they think their business will go away because, Mm -hmm. as I said, you know, themes, in my view, are not going to go away, not the -the off-the-shelf themes and also not the the custom-made themes. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. Um, I think we've probably had some of those fears and concerns, uh, but I also I'm trying to be well optimistic, but also seeing the opportunities as well as the threats. Um, there's 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 no doubt that 
every single day, you know, as technology advances, as WordPress changes, as Gutenberg gets more powerful, things that people used to come to us to do and we would build custom solutions for, those things are now being handled. Those opportunities for making some money are disappearing. Those opportunities are disappearing. But I, I definitely think that this is opening up other opportunities for us. Um, Mark and I are finding working with, with Gutenberg to be much easier, I would say, in some ways, and more powerful than we thought originally. We were quite resistant to the whole idea. We were quite vocal about that, um, I think for some good reasons, but I think there was definitely a little bit of fear in there as well, just fear of the unknown, You know, not knowing how it was all going to work out. And when we jumped into Gutenberg, things were just a lot better than we than we thought they would be um and i think that's the attitude that we've got to take going forward and even with gutenberg and the power that it gives there's still people clients of ours potential clients of ours that just don't have time to learn how to do everything that's possible so even though all these all these tools are out there and options for people and they can configure this that and the other thing a lot of people just don't want to do that themselves. Um, so there's always going to be, even if your job was just configuring WordPress websites, you know, not not knowing any code, even even if you just knew how to do this theme.json file, you know, there's there's opportunity just in that. Um, so yeah, I think long term, uh, the trend is always towards people like us maybe being made obsolete. Um, especially if you stay still. Um, but in the short term, I mean, changes like this, I mean, Gutenberg is, is a massive threat to a lot of people, I think, but it's also an absolutely enormous opportunity, probably the biggest opportunity that the WordPress space has seen in, in a very, very long time. Um, so that, those are my general thoughts on it. Mark, I don't know if you've got any, any other thoughts on the economic impact to people like us. Nothing to add, really, no. <laughs> Yeah, but I think they're also, um, you know, when we look at what you do and what you are, yeah, I I am a programmer, but I don't see myself as that. You know, I am more of a consultant that knows a specific niche of the web, and I have all of this experience. And when I have clients that are in the same niche, I can come to them and say, oh, you should do this, you should do that, uh, because I think just being the technical person where you come to with a mock-up and you just throw at it and say, give me a website from this mock-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that's something which you necessarily want to be for the long term. So if people have knowledge in a specific industry, uh, that can't be replaced and that's not, not going to be obsolete. So you're going to update the way that, that you do things uh, in terms of technical abilities and uh, what tools you use, but still that knowledge will still be around and people will be ready to pay for it if you're really an industry expert. The other part, of course, is that I think WordPress um, freelancers and kind of small agencies suffer a lot from price dumping. And so when you have this barrier of Gutenberg, which is definitely a barrier, I, I think that, you know, you have to get over that hump. Uh, many of the, like the, the wage dumpers are not going to be able to jump over it. So it's going to prune that end of the market, I think, which is going to be beneficial. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point. Yeah. So I mean, generally, right now, I'm 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 happy with happy with things, and I'm I'm happy that we did take that take that jump and got over that that hump that you talk about. Um, it's really it was really important for us to do that quite quickly, and I encourage other 
WordPress developers to do the, the same thing. It's definitely not as scary as, as we thought it would be. Um, so we've talked a lot about full site editing. There are other changes coming with WordPress 5.8, and I just wondered if we could just chat about some of those, some of the ones that interest us most, some of the kind of maybe more controversial changes. Is there anything in there, Frank, that, um, that you find particularly interesting? For me, it was more the, the block-based widgets, just the decision to have it always on. Um, mm -hmm. And the other part is I think that um, the opportunity was missed a bit with the post and page template editor because it's just, I mean, it's great as it is, but it's a little bit too restricted. I think the project this time did a very good job at telling, like, at, sorry, at selling the thing, right? I think that a lot of people are actually excited for it. Don't think they did a very good job at managing expectations of what you're actually going to be able to do once yeah. it lands, right? That's, I think, the problem. Yeah, I think that's really interesting as well because when we spoke to Matt and Josefa, one of the things that we asked Matt was what would he change about the whole Gutenberg process if he could go back in time. And one of the things he said was to go faster so that there would be you know, a kind of more finished product in people's hands earlier. And actually, with this, I feel like they've kind of done the same thing again. I feel like 5.8 is going to land. People are going to say, this is the full site editing experience. They're going to think it is. And actually, it's far from the final full site editing experience. So they're going to, again, it's going to be judged too soon. Uh, and the potential there's going to be a lot of pushback um, that is potentially unnecessary but so yeah that'll that'll definitely be interesting to see how that plays out in the community um <laughs> one of the one of the new features that i've been complaining about is uh geotone image effects so i i'm just i wonder what your thoughts on this are frank i know mark shares my opinion that this seems to be a very very niche uh feature uh potentially one that should have been left to to a plugin or to, to specific themes but it seems to be that in 5.8 we're going to have a new um image effect uh, to create these geotone images which i guess most people even know what that means so why on earth is that coming in wordpress core i think that i'm on the same page as you so i saw it somewhere geotone I'm like what is geotone i had to actually google it and said, okay, who who uses this? I mean, obviously somebody used it, but I just yeah. didn't see the reason for it. But I think that this is part of the problem is that somebody thinks it's cool, so they add it, and yeah, that's how open source works, right? If you think something's cool, then you have the possibility to add it. But I don't know. I don't think a lot of people are gonna really be jumping on onto WordPress because there's this filter in there. So yeah, my 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 thought was that they needed to add something to give like demo sites just a little bit more visual interest because at the minute, you know, a lot of Gutenberg themes are, are quite vanilla looking, let's, let's say that, and, and they needed something to make it look a little bit fancier. Um, so that, that, was, that was my idea, but it does feel like it's very kind of trendy and not, maybe not something that's going to be desirable to have in core even a year from now, especially if it's like the only image effect, then everyone's going to use it. It's going to become old very, very quickly. But there you go. What yeah. else is in there? Mark, got, um... So Mark says, uh, he says, I think we'll see the duo effect everywhere to the point where in a year's time, you'll be able to spot a WordPress site a mile away, which I think is probably <laughs> a good suggestion. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, anyway, we'll, I'm sure we'll play around with it at some point. <laughs> um, WebP support is another one that's in there. So that's uh, a high-performance image format, which uh, could be interesting to, to look at. It should give us some really big performance wins. I'm not sure how that works exactly because I don't think it's WebP is supported across all browsers. So um, I'm not sure if they're going to do some kind of... I don't know. Frank, do you know anything about this? Uh, yes, yeah, so WebP is just an image format, and if the browser supports it, uh, great. If not, that's just a fallback. But the thing is that your uh, hosting infrastructure also needs to support it because you need to serve WebP images. So I don't actually know how that works on like the most common WordPress hosting. Uh, if you have um, image generation on the fly, it's just a setting that you add to it, and then you're, you're all golden. Okay, cool. Yeah, interesting. And there's other there's other high performance image formats too. So I don't know if they're gonna look to add some of those or if, if everyone's just betting on WebP being the the winner uh, in that race. I know there's some J, new JPEG formats and things like that as well. So I'm not sure if they work out of the box. Maybe they do. Um, anything else? Any other features that either of you like the look of or uh, are worried about or want to discuss? Well, I think that uh, for those who build um, custom blocks, I think the, the theme.json, that's not theme.json, right? it's block.json file. I think that's a good improvement because uh, you just have this configuration file, you add it into the directory where you have your block uh, code, and then you register it, which is before it was kind of awkward, you know, the registration on the client end and then the server end. So I think that's, that's a great idea. But now it's kind of the recommended way to do it. So for me, that's, that's a big advantage. Yeah, we were just talking about that this morning, weren't we, Mark, about um, whether you needed to register blocks server-side and client-side. And um, I think at the minute you can do either or, but it's recommended that you do both. And this, is it block.json should should solve that? That's the kind of canonical place to register things going forward. That's cool. And I, I, I do like this trend towards towards these JSON files being used as just the canonical place for things things to happen and obviously your javascript and your php can both access those files so yeah that's really cool mark any, I don't, anything i don't think that to... registers the block stuff though does it you still I need to have a function can. in javascript and php that registers it but it just looks at that json file i think that's the idea might be wrong yeah so you still need to call it in php so php is still recommended yeah. because a lot of the server side stuff needs to to know about your blocks but um I think previously what you did, you you know, you had your registration on the client, then you include the JavaScript for that. Now it's just block.json. You have a PHP function that you know you point to the file. Then any other things you may want to do in PHP, like have a, a server-side rendering, you can do in the same function. So that's that's pretty great. Cool. Sorry, Keith, yeah, you were gonna say something. No, no, that's 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 all good. That's all good. Um yeah, anything, anything else then from anybody in, in 5.8 or? Yeah, I got one. So uh, it's a small change, but it's an, I think a very good one is that um, all of the editors that you have now, so it's the, the content editor, the template editor, and then the future site editor, are now iframed into uh, the admin, which means that there's no longer gonna be bleed over from the CSS. So that's a big advantage because previously, you know, <laughs> you did your editor styles and you inspect the HTML to blocks and then you see this, I don't know, this waterfall of styling instructions and then I think it was common.css that was always 
the the kind of culprit that injected whatever random admin styles in there. So the advantage is that you're no longer going to have to deal with that because it's a knife frame and only the uh, the styles that you explicitly register for it are going to be in there. The other part is though the downside is that uh, some developers kind of counted on this all being one page and only bleed over non the fact that this is just one single DOM, so that's going to break because it's going to be an iframe and you can no longer reach in there. Okay, so everything within the editor is still is an iframe. So, the for example, the block UI is within that iframe. Is that correct, like the editing UI? Right, so if you were to draw... Well, first of all, <laughs> if you have like the full screen uh, content editor, you, like it's not, a, it's not a thing anymore, but if you have your admin open and the sidebar menu and the top that forms kind of an L shape and yeah. everything that's inside that L shape is an iframe. And that's where then, you know, the entire Gutenberg editor gets bootstrapped into there, the block editor. Okay. Yeah, that's really interesting. Good. Good stuff, I think. That's probably it. Do we have any more questions, Mark, from the audience? I don't think we do. No, nothing's come through yet. Um, Obviously all happy with 508. Nothing to ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raring to no, go. Been, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, I just want to give you a chance, Frank, to promote your course because I took it and found it very, very useful. Um, blitzed through it uh, in a day. Um, so... Do you want to tell people a little bit about the, the course that you've created, where they can find it? Yes, so I have a course, it's called Building Block-Based Themes, and it's kind of a quick introduction to full-site editing. So it's meant to be done, I guess, in a day. Uh, that would be the time for Jeff now. And it's not a course that shows you everything you can do, but it's a course that gives you a very soft introduction, so very uh, slow on-ramp, and it gives you a big picture view of all of the things coming and what i'm most proud of i think is that you're building an actual real world theme during the course and so it's available at wp development courses which is my website excellent i know you did it yeah. didn't you keith i enjoyed it so yeah i, I really highly recommend that good and good yeah i think that uh, for the course so beyond the course um i think that the recommendation i would give any developer is to get into this now you know, it is still early, but don't wait until December and then, you know, scramble to, to understand what's going on. Because if you get into it now and even if just do the course and then you like loosely follow what's going on in the make core website, you're going to just get all of this knowledge that you're going to build up. Then when time comes and you have the opportunity that a client pays you to build something like that, you can jump on it immediately. Because that's kind of the best way of, you know, learning this stuff. You can do course, you can read documentation, but uh, you don't know how to do it until you have really done it. Yeah, digging into it, I guess, is uh, good. The earlier you can do it, the better. Right, we'll wrap up then, I think. Um, so, again, thank you very much to Frank for joining us. Um, hopefully everyone got something out of that. Uh, I've got some comments coming in saying they're uh, a bit more happy about 5.8, so that's good. Uh, do subscribe to the channel if you've not already done so. We'd love to get to a 1,000 subscribers. Uh, and we will have another episode coming out next month. Not quite sure what that's going to be yet, but uh, we will let you know. And you can keep up to date on Twitter at WP Cafe Show and also on the website, WPCafe.show. Thanks to all of you who tuned in. Thanks again to our guests, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Thanks.